0: leaning into that personal growth and leaning into that pain eventually lets you grow to the point where you can lean into different pain and you continue the growth and every single successful entrepreneur that i've studied and talked to you know they they lean into that growth entrepreneurs half the battle is personal development we stand today this business method the business with
1: a The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds, entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses, and we are getting behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build businesses like this. On top of that, we also gather entrepreneurs at events and retreats around the world. This October, we are having our annual event in Thailand, Get Shit Done Live. It's 10 days of high-performance productivity, targeted collaboration, and rapid execution designed for entrepreneurs to get a lot of work Done in a little amount of time. Some say it's like ten months of work in ten days. There's a magic that happens when brilliant minds come together to push one another towards productive execution. That is exactly what this retreat is about. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That is thebusinessmethod.com. Now, let's jump in today's show. The Business Method. What is one simple discipline that can 10x your productivity, make you happier than ever, and help you scale your company into the millions? Today's guest is Christian Chasmer, who is the author of Lose Your Limits. Today, Christian joins us to chat about how he built his first company to 1.2 million right out of college, then his second company to 4 million in under two years. We also talk a lot about productivity, and Christian dives deep into his productivity hacks and tells us about the one discipline that helped him scale to 5 million and beyond. It's an incredible episode. And without further ado, you guys, Kristen Chasmer. Entrepreneur's systems, methods, tools, and tactics. My friends, I am excited to welcome Kristen Chasmer to the show. Kristen Chasmer, how are you doing, my friend?
0: I am doing fantastic. Thanks for having me, Chris.
1: Thanks for coming on the show. And I hear you're reporting from one of my favorite cities in the world, San Diego, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah living in uh downtown San Diego
1: right now. Very lucky guy. Are you from San Diego or did you move there?
0: Uh, I recently moved. Well, about a year and a half ago, I moved here. I actually grew up in New Jersey, went to school in South Carolina, moved up to Boston for a little bit. And now I'm, now I'm out here in San Diego.
1: What do you like about San Diego?
0: Oh man. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a great question. What's, what's not to like about San Diego. I, uh, I love obviously the weather. I didn't think the weather would be that big of a deal to me. Always growing up in you know cold New Jersey and Boston weather, but having it nice every day is pretty awesome. And uh, the entrepreneurial community too was really, really a big point in me moving out here and getting intentional about just being around really awesome, forward-thinking individuals and. Um, really lucky to have a good entrepreneurial community here in San Diego. So that's definitely one of my favorite things.
1: I've heard it's there's tons of internet marketers there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could basically throw a stone and hit
0: the internet marketer around here.
1: <laughs> I wonder why it must be the weather in a beautiful city because I wonder why so many entrepreneur or, or internet marketers happen to flock to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that. I didn't know. I didn't know that when I came out here and then every.
0: You know, every other person's an internet marketer, so it's pretty.
1: It's the stereotype is true. That's they're out here. So. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, man. Uh, I'm glad to have you on. We're going to get to know you a bit throughout the podcast, and I just want to get a quick background. I know a little bit about you, but not a lot. I know we have some mutual friends running around the entrepreneurial scene. Tell us about how you grew into the entrepreneur that you are today.
0: Yeah, well, my entrepreneurial journey didn't. Didn't really start until I was a junior in college. Uh, I grew up in a really small town in New Jersey, where I never even knew any other entrepreneurs growing up. I didn't. I didn't even know that that was possible for people in my my neck of the woods. You know, they were to us they were mythic beings. Um, I didn't even know about really business, personal development, or anything. I just. I knew hard work, uh, and wrestling really it was my whole life growing up. And you know, my, my godfather, Bob used to always say, no, what ifs, leave it all on the mat. And I kind of took that into my personal life and got a scholarship down to USC in South Carolina, went down there. And I was actually applying to law schools when I came across an internship, my junior year of college, where it said, Hey, run your own business. You'll run a franchise of an exterior painting business. And you can make upwards of ten to twenty thousand dollars in one summer. And I said, "Wow, I'm a broke college student. I'll do whatever it takes to make ten <laughs> to twenty grand. Sign me up." Um, and that internship really changed my life. I literally ran my own branch of a exterior painting company that summer. So I did the sales, the marketing, hired the painters, managed the production, did the customer service, and it was the hardest summer of my life. I uh, I definitely shed a few tears, but. <laughs> After that I realized, hey, I got what it takes and I love this entrepreneurial journey. You know, I got beat up, I got burnt out, I worked really hard, but I I loved it. I was bought in at that moment and from there, I just kept doing entrepreneurial things. I started managing other franchises of that company and I really locked in on this whole entrepreneurial business mindset and that's kind of where I am today now. It took, to completely change the trajectory of my life.
1: Is that the franchise that you built up to $1.2 million in annual revenue?
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I came back my senior year, did pretty well down in South Carolina. And then the year after college, I approached the owner and he let me start my own division from scratch up in Boston. And within 10 months, we built that division up to $1.2 million.
1: Nice. I love experiences like this. I had another guy on a show named Trevor Chapman that used to sell what did he sell i don't know he sold door to door um was it knives no but it was okay. it was something i don't think it was roofs but it was it was something anyway he sold door to door and he, he used to sell in Compton like and out of mm. all the places like to go knocking door to door in Compton would be an experience in itself you know how door to door stuff is right um after grad school i actually sold books door to door uh in new hampshire For the summer. And the experience was mind blowing. Yes, there's tears and sweat and blood and everything from (laughs) door to door. I'd I'd like to know more about your experience with it. You know, uh, you mentioned some amazing breakthroughs and, and having some teary moments. What was it? Get us into that experience for you when you were doing that.
0: Yeah, great, great point. Going going deep into that rookie year. Yeah, the the way we got our sales was door to door, um, dropping flyers. So I was out, you know, while my friends were going to the bars, I was out at midnight dropping flyers in mailboxes, then waking up early and knocking on doors to sell paint jobs, exterior painting jobs. And uh, I learned really quickly that I was good, but I needed to I needed to be able to build a team so I could actually hit my entire territory because just one person wasn't going to do it. So I randomly came across this idea of hiring cute sorority girls to do the door knocking with me. And, uh, that, that, you know, whatever reason that blew up and, uh, you know, we got more estimates booked than anybody else. And, almost every single time i showed up to an estimate they're like oh i was expecting julia or i was expecting chelsea to do the estimate i'm like well <laughs> you're stuck with me sorry <laughs> so yeah it taught me you know cold calling i think everyone should do it for a little bit just to get the experience one it you're not afraid of approaching people which in business is so important and then two You know, it taught me how to actually start building a team and using processes and scripts and systems to build out a a really
1: successful team. Absolutely. Uh, What were some moments that brought you to tears when you were doing door to door? Oh man, the,
0: the, you know, the door to door was hard, but I, I found some pretty easy success with it using the sorority girls. The tears really came when I started producing the jobs over the summer. So you sell in the spring and then you paint the jobs over the summer. And I just, I was a pretty bad manager. Honestly, I I was, (laughs) and I, I went through a lot of employees, um, and, you know, working, work until 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night on paint jobs and then waking up at 5 a.m. to do it again, you just get burnt out. And I remember this one time I uh, just had a really bad customer complaint, totally my fault, not the customer was justified in in being annoyed with us. And I was out there till 8 o'clock at night. I came home, I made a bowl of pasta, literally just pasta and marinara sauce, sat down and started watching extreme weight loss from uh, Chris Powell and just... Just sat there and started tearing up. I was like, what did I do? I stayed in South <laughs> Carolina over the summer to run this painting company while all my friends are enjoying the beach in New Jersey. I'm like, man, what did I do? But, uh, you know, it wound up being the best experience of my life. So that is uh, the light at the end of the
1: tunnel. So Yeah, that emotional growth is it really sticks with you. And, and and people don't understand that. I think, why you know, why would you be in a job that brings you to tears or run a business that's, that's pushing you to that point? I think a lot of us entrepreneurs, tell me if you agree, are really addicted to personal growth in many ways. And that's kind of what keeps us, forces us a, a lot of times to continue to run these businesses when it's miserable or there's no income. What do you think? Totally. Uh, I completely agree. You know, That was a
0: big thing when I decided to stay in South Carolina that rookie year. A lot of a lot of people looked at me like I was crazy. They're like, "Why not just go back home?" Like that's you've never done this before. You don't know anything about running a business. Um, but there was something inside of me that wanted this experience and knew it was necessary. And that's been the same thing I've noticed at each big inflection point in my life was that leaning into that personal growth and leaning into that pain eventually lets you grow to the point where you can lean into different pain and you continue the growth and every single successful entrepreneur that I've studied and talked to, you know, they, they lean into that growth. So I think you hit it exactly entrepreneurs. Half the battle is personal development
1: for sure. And I think you really callous your, your ability to withstand um, growth and challenges and, and you really get to the point where you realize that challenges aren't always, challenges you know they're just like you're gonna be fine one way or the other as long as you don't die or hurt yourself you know physically in any way Mm -hmm. you know your emotions will will pass and you'll be it's like the butterfly you know it needs to it needs to forge its way out of its cocoon in order to to have wings and actually fly and so it's it's important man i remember selling door-to-door and i had I had a guy from Massachusetts chase me off his property. I had a, <laughs> I had, um, a dog. Uh, there's so many dogs. We were trained to, like, if a dog came and approached us and was growling to put our bags in between ourselves and the dogs. One time this little dog came up behind me, and I, it, I didn't fear it because it's just a little dog that was, <laughs> you know, yapping. And he came up, and he just grabbed me. He bit me right on my calf and, like, took a chunk oh. out of my calf and i like i turned around and he was, and i was gonna punt him like a football and i turned around and and i looked at it, it so small and and he was just still <laughs> yapping and yapping and i was like if i punt this dog like a football it's really gonna hurt him even though he just, <laughs> yeah. you know my calf is now bleeding and <laughs> and but it's those experiences you know they, they they make us a better human a stronger human for sure for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They
0: uh they and they turn into really funny jokes down the road.
1: <laughs> they do. They're great stories for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you I gotta ask, did you end up making ten to twenty thousand dollars in your summer? Yeah. Yeah. My
0: rookie year I made almost exactly ten grand. I made like ten thousand one hundred dollars. Nice. Um yeah, it was so I made exactly what I wanted to make, but I knew I left so much more money on the table and because I, of my leadership skills, my management skills, etc and that's kind of what what put the chip on my shoulder to come back and become a better leader and start learning how to actually run a business was, hey, I made what I wanted and I you know had so much more to grow and I missed all these things that I want to come back and really learn. So yeah, I made what I almost exactly what I wanted.
1: <laughs> nice. So then after you finished that business venture, is, is that when you co-founded the real estate company?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So after after we did 1.2 in Boston, me and my partner in that division left uh, that company and started CC Solutions, our real estate development company up in Boston.
1: Why'd you choose real estate?
0: Yeah. Great question. It, it really was a, a logical answer. We wanted to be entrepreneurs. We felt like we could already, uh, we had the chops to do it and real estate, you know, 63% of self-made millionaires made their money in real estate. I knew the stat. I, I, I like the idea of building passive income, uh, eventually through real estate. So it was, a uh, Hey, we can, we see an easy way to get to the cash fast, which I think is really important when you're starting a business. Um, so we just went for it and we, we knew a couple of people in that real estate world that could kind of guide us. And that was, that was the whole decision right there it was, it was very logical thinking at the time.
1: And you guys grew that to 4 million in two years, 4 million in revenue. That's pretty impressive. What, what do you think the key to that rapid growth was?
0: Yeah, the key to the rapid growth, I think, was two things. One was building a really awesome team and hustling and having a, a great culture that hustled and grew grassroots-wise. We we did a lot of guerrilla marketing. We did a lot of events. We built our team really lean but fast, and they were good A players. We were really focused on building that good team fast. And then two, it was systems and processes, um, you know, very early on into the business, we were actually, we're, we're hustling and struggling. Me and my business partner were, were hurting. We were knocking on doors again. We weren't making any money. And it came to a point where I had this inflection point, if you will, where the business was going down and we're, we're struggling and I needed to really do something and look at, look at what could turn us around. And it, it was two things. One was my own personal development life. Like I needed to become a better person to run the seven figure business. And two, we needed to start implementing systems and processes and make this work like a well-oiled machine or we're going to fail. And those were the two things I committed to from there. And after that, we saw pretty rapid growth.
1: What and how are some of the systems and processes that you guys set up the, the key ones that really helped that growth?
0: Yeah. Great question. Uh, Super foundational ones like meeting rhythm systems. So having the meeting rhythm with the whole team, um, learning how to identify and solve issues fast and rapidly test out new initiatives. So we created a whole system around issues where if you had issues, you'd, you'd present it in a, in a very systemized way. We would discuss it in a systemized way. And then we would test solving it. So we were now solving issues at a very rapid rate and we weren't letting things... Um, hang around if you will. So that was one of the foundational ones. And then two was building out all of the operations from the real estate development to the property acquisition, all of these processes, we were now starting to boil them down and create checklists for everything. So after a little bit, we were actually hiring college students who knew nothing about real estate and through our process and checklist, they were able to cold-call agents and cold-call homeowners and actually acquire properties for us. So breaking down our entire business into checklists and step-by-step processes uh, really, really helped us bring in quality people at an affordable rate that really could just turn into A players.
1: Uh, you mentioned, too, creating a, a culture of hustle within the company. I'm curious, um, how did you do that, and then what are some of the – the steps that you took to, to, or the activities that you did to, to keep that culture alive? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. One big one was our, part of our interview process was actually, no matter what position they were coming in for, they would come out in the field with our door knockers and they would have to door knock as part of their interview process. Obviously, you know, we paid them for their time, but it was part, to see, hey, can they actually do this? Can they approach strangers? Can they hustle all day and knock on doors, which you know is really is really <laughs> tough? Um, so building it into our interview process was really really important. And we top graded, so we used the top grading methodology from uh, Who the book Who. And on top of the the door knocking, then we also had them cold call agents as well, which you know, once again, you need a lot of hustle and you need a lot of inner fortitude to be able to do that all day. And then from there, we kept it going. We, we had daily huddle standups where we would be playing music. We'd always be going to events with the people. And we just had this very upbeat, positive mentality, um, that I think if you weren't a hustler and you didn't love the mission of the company, you would self-select yourself out rather quickly.
1: Now, I've been in either worked with companies or seen companies that, that do have that hustle mentality where, you know, in the morning they're listening to music and they're doing a, a group meeting and everybody's kind of dancing around and, and saying positive things about each other. Is, is that the kind of stuff that you guys did?
0: A little bit. Yeah, yeah. We we definitely I tried to keep it up with very uh, upbeat music. And then we also we created a really positive culture in terms of every week we would do a weekly circle where we would actually say things we really appreciate about everybody around us and we just created this culture of calling people out for positive things so instead of negative things people were now getting called out for positive things and if somebody exhibited a core value that gets that got spoken about at every daily huddle so we're just reinforcing positivity the whole way through with our hustle because you know it's very easily you can get into an environment where you have a lot of hustle, but it turns very competitive and negative Mm. instead of positive. And I, 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 we were very aware of that early on that we wanted to turn this into, you know, Hey, we work really, really hard, but we're also here for each other and we're a team and we're going to stay positive the whole way through.
1: Do You still have the real estate company. Uh, I
0: actually just sold, uh, my equity in that company, uh, in February. So a few months ago.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was, um, and it's still, the, the team there is rocking and rolling. They're doing awesome things. So it's, it's you know, it was, a, it was a win for everybody. So it's a really cool situation to be a part of.
1: We're going to wrap up the first part of Christian's interview there and be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss the next episode with the second half of Christian's interview where we dive deep into Christian's productivity hacks that helped him 10x his productivity and take his business to 5 million and beyond. Thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high performance productivity coaching and our annual get shit done live retreat in Thailand. Both are designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to get a lot of work done rapidly and whether you need some personal coaching while working away at home or a retreat in thailand where you can get out of your normal routine and surround yourself with other successful entrepreneurs we have those options for you check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com and we'll see you on the next podcast